Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Kent. And welcome once again to Mother Angelica Answering the Call, the program featuring Mother's great answers to your phone calls over the years from her great live shows from the 80s and 90s. I'm Doug Keck, joined here with uh, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our wonderful chaplain mm-hmm. at EWTN. Always great to see you, Father. Yes, and this season of Advent is about waiting and longing, and so we're going to have some of those topics in today's uh, calls. It's interesting, too, because Advent also has has to do with preparation Mm -hmm. in a way that's a little different than we think of uh, waiting for Christmas. Right. So waiting means that we're anticipating something good, you know, and so a lot of our life is waiting. We're waiting in line. We're waiting for a phone call. We're waiting for this or for that. But so our life is made up of that. But the entirety of our life knows that our hope is not going to be disappointed. What we're waiting for is going to be realized. And that's what Christmas is about. Right. So we've got a couple of topics. Are we always supposed to be healed? Interesting. I miss my grandmother. Dealing with temptations and distractions, all of us. And and give your little to God. Let's talk on the first one. Is everyone supposed to be healed? Mm-hmm. Uh, some the caller actually mentions. I see Jesus's ministry one of healing, salvation, and redemption. So, mm-hmm. what's going on today? I think is part of their concern. You know, there's a wonderful book I recommend to Mary Healy on healing, and uh, so she brings out the point that yes, we are to pray for healing and pray that others will be healed. But also, it is with that proviso, of course, that God is our Father. So we trust Him in all things. And we should ask for healing, as Mother will say in this program, and absolutely with confidence and trust in Him. But ultimately, He's our Father. He's all-wise. He knows what's best for us. And sometimes a physical healing may not be the best thing for us. Right, and and if if all healings happened all the time, well, then there would be no need for faith in healing. I mean, mm-hmm. in a sense, because you would expect it to happen. And also, uh, as Mother points out, I don't know a life of a saint that doesn't have physical, mental, or spiritual mm-hmm. problems that ultimately need to be healed. Yeah, and we talked about that recent book, Guide to the Spiritual Life, where Mother talks about mm-hmm. the reality of the struggle in growing in your spiritual life, that it's not just once you make a choice to follow Christ that it's just going to be an easy ride from there on, but you're going to struggle with faith and belief and trust and abandonment, and through through that you're going to grow spiritually. Right, otherwise you end up with kind of that health and wealth gospel, Mm -hmm. prosperity gospel that says, name it and claim it, if I believe in the Lord, then everything should be fine, and if it's not fine, there's something wrong with my faith, and that's not true. Exactly, so... We would all be uh, spiritual, spoiled children, Mother says, <laughs> you know, if we always had it easy. So these things can form us in something good. Right. So well, let's find out what exactly what she said about being healed. We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Yeah, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Ashburnham, Massachusetts. And what is your question? My question is about the value of suffering. Yeah. Um, I was just reading in Mark 11. I read my Bible every day, Yeah. that Jesus said, um, listen to me, you can pray for anything, yeah. and if you believe it, you have it, it's yours. Right. Now, 
how does this relate, Mother, do you feel, um, to the value of suffering? I, I, reading through the New Testament, I see Jesus' ministry as mm-hmm. one of healing and salvation and redemption. Right as though God's will for us was a will here as well as in the hereafter. Yeah, okay. And how does this relate to the church's teaching on not just physical healing, Mother, but on prosperity, on living life to the fullest as we have it now? I, I also read, I don't mean to take your time. That's all right. I got it. In Romans, that we're more than conquerors here on this earth through Christ right. that strengthens us. Yeah. And um, should we lay down for these things? Should we accept this as God's will? Or is God's will really for us to be more than conquerors and to raise, to rise above what we are saddled with? Are we already the healed and the evil forces of this world are trying to make us the unhealed and the unvictorious? Okay. And how does the church's teaching relate to this? Should the ter- church be more adamant about it rather than, um, rather than comforting people that are suffering? Should they be teaching people how to rise above the suffering? Well, you got about uh, 25 questions there. And I hope I can answer them all with God's grace. Number one, whatever I ask the Lord that's for my good, I can be sure I will get. No question in my mind. If I ask for virtue, for an increase of faith, hope, love, I can believe that I will get it. Many things we ask for, including health, are not for our good. Uh, Did ever dawn on you that how many times our dear Lord went through the gate beautiful? And that man was sitting there for his whole lifetime and the Lord didn't heal him? Now I had a minister tell me one time he he kept him for the apostles. Oh, come on. He's leaving one for Peter, you know? (laughs) See, there's a time for everything, and we cannot say that what God bestows or permits in my life is all evil. See? I don't know a life of a saint that didn't have physical, mental, spiritual problems. I have to be like Jesus. And I'm not like Jesus in the abundant life. Jesus didn't have the abundant, he had nowhere to lay his head. He's born in a stable all his life. 30 years of his life was hidden. And then he went out and he was treated like a heretic. He had to run in the desert to flee. Even as a child, he had to flee into Egypt. All that is suffering. The the desert is freezing at night and, and terribly, terribly, terribly hot in the daytime. All that was suffering. You, we have to imitate Jesus. And there are some sufferings that come from sin. If you, if you smoke a, a pack, I mean a, a carton of cigarettes every day, you're going to get lung cancer. But we can make it redemptive. And St. Paul says, this is a wicked generation and your life should redeem it. Your example should redeem it. No one suffered as much as Paul. He asked three times to be delivered of something. 
See, and he had a disgusting disease. The healer was not healed. And he says, the things I want to do, I don't. The things I don't want to do, I do. What a terrible interior pain that was. And Peter hunted down, crucified upside down, because he didn't feel worthy to. 300 years, every pope knew. Every bishop knew when he was ordained, he would be martyred. For 300 years, people were burned at the stake and, and eaten by, by lions. And today, this century has been more martyrs than all the centuries in the past put together. Maximilian Colby putting in a, in a concentration camp. Oh, sure, we wish it hadn't happened. But when it did, these people took it as something valuable. Should we pray for healing? Absolutely. Should we go to doctors and take medicine? Absolutely. But when all that fails, we have to humble, humble ourselves before the Lord. Now moving on, we have a call about a person who misses their grandmother. I really love the insight that Mother has here about this disposition of this child who just wants Grandma back. She doesn't care you know, what the reason she is she's not there, but just wants her back. And how we see that in the heart of our Lord, right? That he just wants us back. And Advent is a season where he's calling us to return to him. Uh, even more wholeheartedly. It's interesting. She, she also talks about the fact, she mentions a child so young is living in Advent in a sense of that waiting period, waiting to see the grandmother, like the mm -hmm. waiting for a, as we prepare uh, for mm -hmm. our Lord's return. Yeah, and you remember being a child, it just seemed to take forever <laughs> when you're waiting for Christmas to come. Time seemed to move so slow now that we're older. It just seems like, well, Christmas was last week. You know? Right. But like I think you brought this up one time, Doug, that they haven't had the experience of all those years that we have, and that's why time seems to go faster for us. Right. So for a child, it is that, that waiting, that longing, and then when the day comes, great joy. Right, and also it's interesting because Mother also uh, kind of uh, reaches out to agnostics and atheists mm -hmm. and, and really invites them to, in a sense, return to the church in this Advent season. So let's see what Mother had to say about this young person missing their grandmother. Hello? Hi. Hi. Where are you from? Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, how old are you? Nine. You're nine. What can I do for you? Um, I was just wondering if I could have a prayer, some prayers. You want some prayers? Yeah, because... For, for what, honey? Because my grandmother, um, we haven't seen her in a couple of years, and I really miss her a lot. Where is she, sweetheart? Um, see, sometimes she, she's, she's in, she lives in Rhode Island, too, but, um, sometimes she, she goes, she don't talk to us for really, um, silly reasons, and... So it makes me sad a lot, and I... You miss her, huh? Yeah. Why... Why doesn't she come home, Lord? Is she afraid? Take away that fear. Take away whatever it is that keeps her from going home. 
and seeing someone who is in Advent. Waiting, waiting, waiting. A child so young is living in Advent. Word that we would be waiting for you, Lord, and that this child waits for her grandmother. She is an example of Advent. And so I ask, Lord, that somehow her grandmother may be returned so that she may be that grandmother this child needs. That she will give that gift of herself as you did, Lord. You gave the most precious gift to us you could, the gift of yourself. And we have ignored you for so long. And now, Lord, we want you to know you're welcome. Our lamp is lit, and we wait. And this time we call Advent. Amen. Amen. You know, when we look at the mercy of God, this child is a good example of mercy, huh? Because she's not even looking at the reasons her grandmother's not coming. Wouldn't it be wonderful for grandmothers listening tonight? I hope you feel real bad. <laughs> because your grandchild is really brokenhearted and really wants to see you. And she doesn't seem to care why you stay away. She really wants you to go back. You see, her, the little mercy in that little heart... Um, has overcome any obstacle. She doesn't even have anything to forgive. She just wants to see you. See? And that, that's how Jesus is with all of us, huh? No matter how bad we've been and no matter how, how awful, why don't you give Jesus your sins? Some of you have not been to Mass in years. Years. For many reasons. They're all stupid. Anybody who stays away from God, your creator, who created you before time began, who loved you enough to put you in this earth in this marvelous time of the second advent, who feeds you and clothes you and gives you talents, gives you everything you need, is like this child. Jesus is like this child waiting for you. Wondering if Christmas Eve you'll come in and be cleaned by confession and, and welcomed in by receiving Holy Communion. Maybe that's the gift you can give to Jesus this, this year. I want to talk to all you agnostics and atheists, liberals who have gone astray and worship the goddess Sheba and all the other crazy people you got around. Why don't you come home? Why don't you accept him as he is? Why don't you accept this little baby, this God who humiliated himself to that degree for love of you, huh? I call you home. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio.
Let's return to Mother Angelica. Answering the call. With Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us for the second part of our program, Answering the Call, featuring Mother Angelica. And I'm Doug Keck here, along with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Our topic right now is dealing with temptations and distractions. Mm -hmm. That's the phone call. If you pray, you're going to experience distractions, right? So our minds are very active, running here and running there. So how do we deal with those one of my recommendations is to turn them into prayers. Mother talks about that too, bringing it to Jesus when you have some temptation or other. And maybe you're worried about your work that day. Ask the Lord to bless it. Bring it into your prayer. Maybe you're worried about a family member. Bring that into your prayer. Ask the Lord to bless that person. And then we're able to let go of it. We've given it to the Lord. We brought it into our prayer, and it no longer has this, ag- this uh, kind of pull on us. Right, and where we feel like I'm supposed to do more. What am I not mm-hmm. not doing? And, and Mother has a quote here. She says, uh, uh, St. Francis de Sales said in, in his most spirituality, be gentle with yourself, mm-hmm. not only your neighbor. So it's not only caring about your neighbor, but you, you got to give yourself a break sometimes too. Yeah, I think a lot of people, and I know I have in my own life too, in my own spiritual life, you kind of beat yourself up all the time. No, we need to be gentle and patient with ourselves too, going to the Lord, acknowledging our failures, but believing most of all in his love and his power to transform us. Right. And this is then dealing with temptations and distractions in one's life. Let's take a look at what Mother Angelica had to say about something that affects all of us. The caller's ready, okay? Go ahead. Hi, Mother Angelica. Hi, where are you from? Syracuse, New York. And what is your question? First of all, we love you up here. Thank you. You are instrumental with so many people um, that I run to at Mass, out of Mass, at work. Um, just Could you speak it. a little louder? My, my ears are plugged up at this call. You're in our prayers, and I hope EWTN is on forever. Thank you. I do, too. <laughs> my first, I have two questions. One is, can you please pray for my father? Mm-hmm. He lost his job two years ago, mm. um, raised seven kids with my mother. He's only 57. Ugh. He had an interview today. He's been working at a job that he's very unhappy with, yeah. and I'm just hoping today this is the job for him. Okay. He was living his purgatory for the past two years. I bet he was. So I, his name is Frank. And my second question is, the more I'm 29 years old, and when I was 26, I was zapped. <laughs> Good. Um, I, I was in a troubled marriage. Unfortunately, that had an end, but I see the blessings out of everything that happened because right. of that. Mm-hmm. What has happened is the closer I get to Jesus and Mary, mm-hmm. I could be at church, <laughs> at home, in front of... Um, the Eucharist, and I get attacked from Satan. That's yeah. the only way I can explain it. I'll be mm-hmm. singing praises to God, yeah. and all of a sudden, some nasty, nasty thought will pass through your mind. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was hard coming, so I thought I'd help you out a little bit. <laughs> so that is what well, you on. have to realize, sweetheart, two things. And that's what's so bad about pornography, 
uh, all the billboards you see, uh, magazines, oh Lord, and, and you can't help it, they're all over. And, and sometimes these thoughts are simple distractions, like I wonder if I turn the fire out under the coffee pot, say. Well, if you wonder that, you better go home and find out and then come back. But there are other thoughts, bad thoughts, impure thoughts, proud thoughts, arrogant thoughts, all kinds of thoughts. I wouldn't pay attention to it. If they're from the enemy, there's some pretty heavy thoughts you'll put in your mind. St. Teresa, uh, not no, St. Catherine of Siena, as holy, a woman, holy, 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 huh? But for one week, she had the most un impure thoughts anybody could ever have, and she was lamenting. And it was the enemy, you see. And the Lord finally came and delivered her from these things. So, when you're conscious of a thought, okay? You may be thinking of something you're just so much involved in it, and all of a sudden you realize, uh, here I am praying and I thought of that. The worst thing to do is get upset. Just say, oh Jesus, this is me, you know? I'm sorry. Now, at that point, push it aside totally. And then begin again to pray. Don't entertain them. First thing you know, if you do, you got a six-act six play up here. See, don't do that. You know, if you want to see a movie, go see a movie. Why make up one in your head? <laughs> but don't be upset because you have distractions. It's like the man who told St. Francis that he prayed, he would never had a distraction during prayer. And the Holy Father said to him, oh, really? He said, oh, yes. He said, well, if you can pray in front of me without a distraction, I will give you this donkey. Or a horse, I think it was, a horse. And the man said, all right, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to say one Hail Mary. If you can say that Hail Mary without a distraction, I will give you this horse. So the man, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Can I have the saddle? <laughs> so you see, just don't, St. Francis de Sales said in his whole spirituality, be gentle with yourself, not only your neighbor. And so don't t take them seriously. Now, if it is the enemy, you're, I would rejoice. He don't want you to pray. You must be making progress. He wouldn't bother with you. Well, so you're in good shape. And closing out our program, Mother takes a phone call having to do with giving your little mm -hmm. to God. You know, I asked uh, one of the sisters, what were some of Mother's favorite hymns? And you can guess some of them. Be Thou My Vision, which is a beautiful hymn. Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all. Adoro Te. Little Drummer Boy was in there. <laughs> and Mother herself liked to use the brush on the, the snare drum. Mm -hmm. Like in the, the monastery, they would celebrate Christmas, of course, and they would sing Little Drummer Boy, and Mother had her own little drum to live out what she's talking about in this uh, segment. Well, it's interesting, too, because uh, as Mother points out, uh, that most people, when they don't have much or have very little, are sometimes are afraid to give that little to God because they think it's, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. But as Therese taught us, right, that the little is done with great love 
is much more valuable than the greatest thing we might do without love. And so Mother Teresa of Calcutta took that up after Therese, and uh, that's how she lived. And she picked up one person at a time. Right, and the widow's might is the great story that reflects that as well. Let's see what Mother had to say. Give your little to God. We have another call. Hello? I'm calling to wonder about the little drummer boy. Is that true, and what is the significance of the little drummer boy? Oh, I don't think it's true, but I think it's significant in as much as he had very little to give, and he gave what he had. Something like the mite. Most people, when they don't have much or have very little, are afraid to give that little to such a wonderful God. And I think the whole purpose of that story is to say, even if you only play a flute or a drum, but you do it for Jesus. There was not a, a monastery years and years and years ago, a brother, and uh, he wasn't very bright. He couldn't chant the office. He Just not much he could do, but he could juggle. I mean, he was a great juggler. And so when nobody was around, he would go and juggle before a lady. And that's what he'd do. And so one time the abbot walked in the chapel and saw him juggling, you know, before a lady. He said, oh, wait a minute. It's terrible. You can't do that. And so he forbid him to do that anymore. And then one day our abbot went in there and our lady was crying. And she said, sweet mother, what's wrong? She said, I don't have the juggler anymore. He gave me such joy. So he went and dragged that brother out of bed and told him to juggle. (laughs) Well, I think that's the whole story of the drummer boy. He didn't have much, but he played his drums. And I think it's good. Maybe you could make that a part of your advent is to spend one hour, 12 to 1, if you can, in your church, local church, if it's not locked. Wake up your pastor and make him give you the key or something. Uh, And go in there and spend an hour. That was not being bad either. I just thought about it. (laughs) Oh, dear, as hard as I try, I never make it. Um, But that's the whole point. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.